You are listening to Jewish Tech Meetup, a Jcast Network podcast. The Jewish Tech Meetup is made possible through a partnership between Makom Chadash, Open Source Judaism, Repair the World, and the Jcast Network. Today's episode is part two of the meetup that took place on Thursday, October 27th at Makom Chadash. The speaker was Liel Leibovitz. Dr. Leibovitz is a visiting assistant professor focusing primarily on video game and interactive media research and theory. In part two of this meetup, Liel answered questions from the audience on a variety of gaming and Judaism-related issues. Do I watch the build? I watched the first two seasons and and that's over. Sorry. Do I watch the guild? I absolutely love the guild. I think it's great. The first season was amazing. At some point they took it exclusively on on the Xbox platform and I sort of lost touch with it. I think now it's back it's back available, but I haven't really I haven't really seen it. I should though. The first season was amazing. designer um, in Rockstar, and he said something like, um, well, the, the first part of the answer is, well, Rockstar, I guess we want to you know, make a good job out of, yeah, fully, and He said something like, why do we cheat? He said, look at Super. Is the ultimate cheat. He can fly. The police force can't fly. It's not fair. This person is playing against the rules. But we like him because he's literally a super man. We understand that there are all kinds of complexity. And Lex Luthor can't be him, which is why he is a kryptonite, which is a super cheat. It's not fair. But so much of our understanding of how this game is actually played is based around that. And then he said something more interesting, which, by the way, if you're interested, this, this is a video of a very famous game designer called Raph Koster. And Koster said, not only is cheating not breaking the rules, cheating is being the ultimate homage to the rules. But he said, look at war. War is all about cheating. No one anymore is like, okay, we'll stand on this hill, you guys stand on that hill. And on my calling, you know, we'll all sort of run towards one another and sort of, you know, bang each other on the head. It's like, oh, you know, we'll attack by night. We'll come from the rear. We'll throw mud at you. You know, we'll do all kinds of things that are not fair. He said the human urge is to want to win. The human urge is to want glory. And therefore, cheating is kind of, of a sign of respect to the game. You are getting the game. You're really getting the game. So important to you that you're willing to cheat. And designers understand this principle well. Here's a really interesting little uh, uh, fact that would probably you know make this point much clearer. Um, how, do you remember the old old arcades? Hmm? What did what did uh, a quarter buy you? Three lives. Three lives. Why three lives? If you buy if you pay twenty dollars, you get a book. 
certain length, right? It's more like it. If you rent a movie, you get an hour and a half of entertainment, right? If you buy a song, you get three minutes, 40 seconds of music. Theoretically, if you didn't buy it, but a quarter, you get two minutes. We're so accustomed to thinking of pay for time in the video game. You get lives, my lives, because the understanding or the thought behind it is I can technically, theoretically, I can make this game go on forever. It's depending wholly on my skill. Well, of course it's not. Of course you're going to get completely crushed. Because being the world's greatest Donkey Kong player, there is no, well, if you're the world's greatest Donkey Kong of course. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you exactly, if you are a very good Donkey Kong player, you, the chances of even getting past level four are, you know, very very small. But you don't care. When you put in that quarter, you're buying the hope that you would be doing this. And the first video game said, okay, well, the reward for this, reward for a great game, would be a free game. That didn't really take off. What took on? The name. The high score. That Space Invaders greatest genius. It was the first game to produce the high score. This is what players want. Players want glory. And they want glory and they want to feel like they're doing something dirty together. Of course they want. But that's how they get something. It's it's once you kind of realize the principle, and, and designers realize that completely. I mean, look at Nintendo, top secret things. Uh, once you realize that, you realize how uh, really deep this industry in a way that really other industries aren't in the game industry. Because the, the job of a video game designer is not, not just in terms of creating the world, but creating the world that myself, who plays probably three hours a day since I was seven, uh, can enjoy. And my wife, who thinks this is a huge waste of time, and from time to time grabs, you know, the, you know, the people at the place and go, can enjoy as well. Different people, different sensibilities, different ideas, different ways of looking at the world. We all have to, the world has to make sense to all of us. A video game designer, to, to paraphrase Nietzsche, literally has to see the world, uh, to see through, uh, or to see across uh, or over his own coin. He needs to see the world through someone else's eyes. And that's an incredibly difficult task for a human being to achieve. And one that involves a lot of thought. And I'm glad to end up marking The state of cheating, uh, what is the question was, what is the state of cheating uh, with online games? Um, I have to say that I don't know much. My entire research and interest is sort of like the big ticket uh, console game. I am not, I've only really recently, you know, six months ago, got into this talk about two and, and that kind of work. Uh, it's very different and very interesting uh, because there is uh, one other component which is other people. And, and you're doing things not just vis-a-vis -a, -vis a game, you're doing things vis-a-vis your -vis friends. And since you have access to a computer, technically, it's much easier to cheat by creating all kinds of bots. You know, you could have a bot like someone that every shot is a headshot automatically. Uh, and, and that, I think, uh, is, there's little relevance to anything I've said here. That, I think, is, is a much more black and white, straightforward, Spoil sport, breaking the magic circle, bad behavior. Uh, but have not researched it uh, any further, I don't know. Awesome. People who play games represent the 
what is the Peruvian subculture going to be in five or ten years? Uh, and I would I would answer with, with a number that's been floated around. $104 billion is the answer, and that's not a subculture. That's the culture. Uh, that's the culture that makes currently, uh, according to some ways of calculating things, more money than Hollywood. That's not a subculture. That's, that's who we are. Uh, but I do want to answer the question. I, I'm not evading it. I do want to answer it in a way that I'm only now becoming interested in, which is, I think, certain uh, sorts of, just as I didn't say enough weird stuff, you know, I'm going to say more of this. Um, I think video games are actually kind of a really interesting uh, uh, vanguard uh, for what goes on with digital media in general. Um, when you watch TV, you are sitting across on a couch, across the screen, and you're watching you have uh, both literal and metaphorical critical faces, and you're free to analyze. And different people analyze the show in different ways. You know, some people are saying, oh, that's really stupid, other people, oh, that's really cool. Well, this means X, this means Y, this is a whole, you know, whole academic discipline that you go through That's not the case with video When you play video games, you are at one and the same time yourself, the avatar on the screen, and some sort of third entity, which is a connection between And more importantly, I, I actually have some research to kind of how the game community sort of kind of did it. Um, when you play video games, you are in a translated condition. Thought doesn't matter. Narrative doesn't matter. Subjectivity doesn't technically exist. You are not thinking. You are doing. You are moving your entire body. You are in a certain way. It's like riding a bike. You can't think about riding a bike. You are just riding a bike. Um, and I think that sort of mindset is something that we're beginning to see more and more and more in other different that increasingly require or ask uh, or, or suggest that you become less of a spectator and more of a participant. So I think in that respect, the state of mind, uh, let's call it you know, modern philosophy, uh, the state of pure being, is something that we will see more and more and more philosophically. And people will go to a point. patterns of too many different kinds of things. Uh, certainly, uh, just according to the, 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 the logic of the design, you know, uh, online games would require a certain kind of TV to make sense in the context of the game. Console games require a, a sort of a dimension sort of console and it's a means for several purposes, mainly to uh, overcome this problem that I spoke of before of letting different, of, of allowing different people of different sensibilities and skill levels to still enjoy 
uh, a game world in that game. So the board didn't have it's it's really kind of like a um, like a, a, a mechanism of making sure sort of like everyone gets to his or her own comfort level, uh, which is kind of Uh, treating, uh, the question was the consistent treating um, throughout demographics. Uh, yeah, this is according to my research, which was, forget the exact number, but some, somewhere in the 600,000 uh, uh, survey, or game of survey, it's pretty I don't necessarily use them, but I'll go and add them down That's, that's an amazing question. How, how does virtual currency change treating uh, change gaming? Again, this falls under the online gaming realm that we don't know a lot about, but the changes are severe. Uh, there is a game called Eat. Anyone here play Eat? Well, then here's the story of someone who did. Um, it's a game in which it's sort of like an economy in space. Uh, you form corporations, and it's sort of a multi, not just multi, and you're in space and you form corporations. Um, and this one player uh, came about and said, "Hey, you know, if you give me ten dollars, I, I will. You know, I have this really great investment. Everything's going well. I'll give you some really nice value for this And got uh, something like six million dollars or in games currency, uh, and then said. Well, fuck all of you, this is a made up swing, and I just walked away with the money. He walked away with a hundred thousand real money. And the designer, you know, people from the designers of the said, No, it's just too much fraud. Designer of the game said, Don't do this. Now, you're laughing, but here's the interesting thing. In the context of 2008, is there any rule against taking theoretical products or derivatives? Someone, you know, gathering together all kinds of mortgages on all kinds of people's houses and, you know, bumping them, loading them together, selling to other people, to other people. It's pretty much the same principle. And I think, apropos your question of what gaming would become, gaming is an amazing, amazing lab to study what happens in a pure sort of derivative based economy. And, and it's not necessarily good things. There are a lot, there's a lot of terrorism. There are a few economists doing very good uh, work, and one of them is doing some sort of federal trust and labor. There's a whole book about it. Um, it's a fascinating one about the entire economy. I should say this: uh, how, how do you know dynamic, more dynamic forms of, of gameplay uh, reflect on what I said before about the narrowness of algorithms? Uh, even the most open of so-called open-world games, you know, the kind of you go where you are, is still severely, severely, severely and still doesn't have that main play of, of chance that makes you know sports so incredibly predictable. So maybe less confined. 
Uh, did that take off? It has in, in certain uh, realms, mainly in computer games, where it's just part of computer game. Uh, it hasn't been part of the mainstream so much with uh, with console games, uh, partly because they are unbelievably expensive to develop and you can't afford to have many characters in one board. What has taken off, interestingly enough, also in console games, is, uh, is all kinds of mods that let you build your own board. Uh, Little Big Planet, for example, which is absolutely the most adorable game ever created. Um, play, but they didn't see the digital equivalent of like a puppy and a kitten. It's, it's a little, a little uh, a soft puppet figure, and it has to go and all kinds of doors. And it's a platform, but it's super adorable. It lets you build your own, your own kind of weapons. Uh, that has taken off very successfully. And in some cases, uh, it actually does sort of incorporate it into the game. For example, um, Half-Life uh, 2 Engine came out, which was kind of like the biggest game in video game history. Uh, and Quake, you played. Quake, correct. But, but the Half-Life 2 uh, was so good that from it uh, uh, emerged games like uh, Defense of the Ancients, uh, games like uh, portal, obviously, uh, and like I'm, I'm blanking on the Counter Strike, and also remember what's the big one? Team Fortress Two. Team Fortress Two was a game uh, that two fans started just building off because they had access to the back end. Because Valve is an unbelievable, in my opinion, best software company, best video game studio in the world history. Uh, they gave everyone access uh, to the these two fans developed something that was so good that Valve hired them on the spot and then released the importance of it. And it was a huge, huge, huge hit, which, by the way, as of last month, is free to play. So call mine and play. Have you read Ernest Klein's Ready Player One? Yeah, I have. Uh, just very recently, and not entirely, so I, I, I can't totally uh, comment on it. But it was very interesting. You're talking about the novel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's about game playing. That's why. I, okay. I have I have a, a big problem, which which has nothing, which is not a comment at all on on the quality and merits of that book. Uh, and my comment is that, as I said before, the thing about video game playing is that it is an experience, it's really worth it. And translating this experience to watching or to reading is impossible. This is why it's so hard to write about something. Okay, good luck describing what it feels like. You can't really do it without being kind of really embarrassing and experience. You just really physically, really uh, Which is why the best uh, uh, books about video games, in my mind, tend to have nothing to do with video games. They just capture that play sensibility really well. Uh, but it's tremendously hard to do. When I write about video games, Absolutely not. 45% uh, and, and growing. Uh, it's almost balanced. Is there a reason why the Chinese government also also a game that men help physically to women and want to better themselves? I don't agree with that conclusion. I don't think we, we have, you know, we started a game council in NYU. Pretty much even 
split. Uh, my classes are evenly split. Uh, the people I see in the main conference room are equally split. I'm very hopeful about that. And I think it actually kind of makes a little more of a community. But I agree it might have started out as a very male dominated geeky subculture, but I think with its ascent to to you know mainstream, it became more dominant. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So much as uh, you know any other uh, pleasurable activity uh, that is not entirely productive can be addictive. Uh, you want to do things because they're fun and there's going to always be a you know some, some uh, part of the population that is just going to want to do them out of control. That's why you have you know some people who enjoy some drinks uh, happily and then go to bed and wake up in the morning and you know, have some people who find themselves five in the morning and waking up face down and some better and wondering how we got there. Uh, I read a lot of, uh, of kind of studies uh, by other scientists that try to kind of ascertain if it is actually a particular theory here and here. It really isn't. Some people overdo it, but some people overdo anything. This is what makes America great. Right? We just overdo a lot of things. Uh, there is, by the way, this, this kind of is, because people usually lump them together, but it's always a weird meaning of video games. There's going to be one of these things. It's going to be uh, video games are an addiction, or video games are fun. Uh, in those cases, when we're doing you know, study after study after study after study, we do this action, absolutely zero correlation between video games. It's absolutely nothing. But it's, you know, it's going to research this, and of course, and we're going to try and pass it the laws, and, and you know, it's just going to go on like that in its mad cycle uh, until we mature. And, and that's a natural process. If you want to have a bit of a good time, go and read. The, um, the congressional discussion about the evening circa 1995, and then uh, go to drink and come back and read the congressional discussions about television circa 1955. They're the exact same thing. This will corrupt the youth, this encourages violence, this is an addiction. Well, yeah, okay, good, thank you. No one says that about TV anymore. Up for a question from more Charles, 10, 20 years from now, maybe no one would say it about TV. But they have a lot of work and a lot of education to do in part of Restate the question. Restate the question. It was about, it was about uh, the state of, shall we say, excessive, excessive game playing uh, in, in, uh, in Asian countries, especially uh, Korea. Um, there are, I believe, 48 million, something like that, maybe 49. Um, there are five and a half to seven million players of StarCraft here in Korea. There are two television channels that do nothing all day long but broadcast other people. Starcraft 2. There are conferences between 150,000 people show up to play Starcraft 2 together. Uh, it is 
Amazing. Uh, I am, this is actually one of the things I, I'm going to be studying next. I'm hoping to go to Korea early next year to try and ascertain what about the culture. I, I have some you know, initial thoughts. Uh, they involve a very uh, strong and high rate of, of uh, Wi Fi uh, uh, infrastructure investment from the government early on. Uh, they involve the notion of uh, the computer or, or the internet tech happening in internet cafes. It makes it feel like more of a communal thing, uh, but uh, I would gladly report back as I think to say and watch this amazing thing. By the way, the, the, the video game, the, the, the television channel raises you know, kind of amazing questions as to what is actually the state of video game play. Uh, there is an artist um, called Corey Argent who made a video of it's called Clouds. And what he did, he took Mario and he played. And then hit recorded the play section, and then removed everything, erased digitally everything except for those little fucking nice clouds. And the video is just clouds falling over the screen. And when you watch it, there is no way that in your head you are not imagining a little dude in a you know red suit going like this. Now is that a video game? The play happens in your head. Does it actually matter if you're not really there's a company that I'm, you know, learned about a couple of days ago and invited to one of my classes. They were making uh, a sound-only video. Does it matter that you can't see anything? Uh, this is this is this is where we're going next. Uh, but before we do that, we, we have to learn how to think about and see this in, in very close. By the hot coffee mod, which is, which is sort of, do you want to describe it? I, I do. It's, it's a mod in which uh, you, you could uh, watch the Grand Theft Auto or the DJ type of stuff. So it's not watch, but you know, sex scenes. Or what? what do we... No, I think, I think it was just, you just heard sound, right? There was watching. Okay. No one's willing to admit knowing. No one is willing to admit knowing the answer to the question. So I hear. Um, what do I think about it? I, I, you know, I think Rockstar is embarrassed by it. Uh, the beautiful thing about software uh, and the thing that I'm making the most of it is that it is high definition and collaborative. Thing. And when a lot of people work on something, there's always going to be that one guy who's like, hey, how about we do this? Uh, it's a pleasure to discover these things. It's an even bigger pleasure to discover that these things are completely unintentional and not there for you to discover them. Um, but they're always like, you know, yeah, yeah, I, that's kind of my, my understanding too. It's probably just, I just ended up here. But, but there are also other uh, other you know amazing glitches. Uh, rat, no, uh, Call of Duty, the World War, was Medal of Honor uh, has this amazing glitch that I thought at first was a glitch, and now I kind of don't think it was a glitch because they released a zombie version of the game. 
which in a certain particular way, in a certain particular area, can be shot people at a particular time, uh, the cultures would kind of remain bleeding and standing and walking. They would be dead, uh, but they'll sort of be like walking uh, which I think is sort of crazy mod just to investigate the whole zombie vampire thing that would be really well. Political right now. Sorry, that's the wrong key. 
there must be some other way to escape. I play this, this game in class. Kids who are not going to think about how can you jump in the bed and you try to move down to the present thing. Kids who work, within a minute and a half of being, realize that the point of the game is to try to escape the energy. And you do. Because that's what gaming does to you. I don't know if you read the news the other week uh, that uh, a bunch of gamers decided collectively sort of genome structure that scientists have about 12 years to figure out. This is what we do. We sit in our room all day long and we solve puzzles. We're really good at it. I agree with you. But I was wondering if it has the potential to uh, just because someone always gets their way, meaning that they're always going to be broke. Yeah, exactly. But it has the potential of acting out in the end of the day. Possibly. Sure. Yeah, but, but again, I think luckily the research that I read proves that that's not uh, a, a considerable percentage. Uh, can you take one last thing? Going back to the future, what if we don't have a thing that's just sitting down there and it's just going to work? And uh, what if we're allowed to do that? You said that the same result is that Well, I cannot condone the behavior of games against NYU's rules. I will say this. Uh, there is a great joy to happen uh, that is really unlike any other type of joy that I have. I think that the best uh, and, and most serious among us uh, do it very ethically and will never do it to do something as, as menial as go games. Uh, but to learn how to play, for example, iPhone 4S comes with a software named Siri, which is a digital organization, which is great. Within within three. Uh, and that, when I did that and saw that on my wife's iPhone, how happy. Which is an iPhone 4. Um, it's a sense of empowerment. Uh, and it's one more experience. There was. That's absolutely correct. And it was completely, I can't, you know, Apple is about as close to a, a, an organized religion as I can say. I can't say anything bad about Apple, but, but, but it's a lot of fun. And furthermore, I kind of related it to that notion. That's probably the wrong group to say this to because you're probably, you know, in a much, much better position. But we are in this journey where so much of our life depends on computers. So many aspects. And almost none of us in the population of life are computer literate in any measurable, in, in, in any uh, kind of you know, important, uh, meaningful way. I look at you know, the kids in my class. They use computers for everything. They will not understand one line of code. And that's a deliberate act. That's a deliberate act uh, by companies like Microsoft who love to have things proprietary. Who love to keep you out of the back end. Who love it when you're ignorant because it can charge you whatever you want and you do not understand what it means. I think a major, major, major fight that we need to have is to make sure that we know what the code looks like 
and what is to do. And Hockey, the man is on his own, I think he's going to with Ozzy, I would say, um, is a fantastic change in uh, and something that is critical. And there are, by the way, other websites to get people going not see things. IBM just has its way. So, but that's where I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's where I think, actually, I will, I will say this. Um, it is my experience, and you can disagree with it, that the more knowledgeable uh, the hacker is, the less likely he or she is to misuse the power. In other words, when I just started understanding what it is that I was doing, yeah, maybe, you know, hacking onto the BBC website and downloading a program that was sweet and new, but only in England and not here, sort of messing with it. Yeah, I was so happy that I was able to do that. But now that I know a little bit better what I'm doing, I'll never use that skill to do that. I'll use the skill to do other meaningful things. Now, wait a minute. I was there. I was very there. Uh, and the BBC example is, is uh, you know, kind of a way to get it because it particular subset of skills that I worked up later. But you know, when I was when I was a pirate Doctor Who is a pirate. Well, I think the more you know, the more you know, the better off you will be. Because then you will use that power and then you know as I to make real statements. Like, you know, we're sorry, this thing isn't true. Maybe it was true a while back, and maybe enough people have to download it. That helped make the company you know, change policy. Um, one example that I would cite is uh, someone I admire greatly, Aaron Swift. And I went to his lawyer company. He was 54 years old. Uh, you know, when I was 14, my main focus in him was to be a hammer of the gods, the Red Second Arabica. Aaron's voice here in the Lego team when he was working was to develop RSS, of which he was one of the uh, And after a stint in Stanford, uh, starting his own company that became eventually Reddit, uh, and then a stint at Target, uh, he was arrested last month for hacking into JSTOR, the academic. Um, how many of you have heard of that? Hacking into JSTOR, the academic um, uh, database of publications, uh, downloading. Circle domain documents. Uh, and I can ask you, but most of these documents were completely in the public domain. And JSTOR put them behind the paywall. Now, JSTOR is not evil. JSTOR is a great organization, but it's mainly kind of a nonprofit for academic community, so I don't want to trash JSTOR. And JSTOR themselves, by the way, refused, accepted Aaron's apology and refused to, to uh, file charges against The federal government is trying to put him in prison for many, many years for violating all kinds of but what Aaron did was use his skill to make a stand and say, hey, this is in public domain. You cannot put it behind the door. And, and that's the kind of education that I think we should have. And I believe that's the kind of, of, of um, output that, that real hackers, or at least the majority of them, really know what they're doing, share. On that happy note, I'm sorry I have to run, but this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed part two of the podcast with Leah Leibowitz. I apologize that the sound was not better uh, and hope you will stay tuned for future New York City Jewish Tech meetups. Uh, for more information, visit nyc.jewishtech.net.
or jcastnetwork.org. And if you like the work we're doing, please consider posting it on Facebook, writing a review in iTunes, and supporting our work at jcastnetwork.org slash donate.